When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of Bad Language. I am Brian Anthony Davis. I am the podcast producer here at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I know that music is really festive this morning, and it's not the kind of music you want to hear when there's a loss, but come on, we got to keep it upbeat. Yes, New York Jets 24, Pittsburgh Steelers 20. It's time to spew a whole bunch of bad language together. That was a rough one at Acrisure Stadium yesterday. I know watching from my TV, I was really glad that I told a lot of people that offered me tickets to that game that eh, I think I'm going to stay home. I think I'm not really going to want to go to that game. I expected this to be a get right game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I expected them to go out and win that game. Even though I called it in my article, I did not expect Mitch Trubisky to have a bad enough game that they were going to go to Kenny Pickens, even though I called it because towards the end, I was thinking, yeah, maybe this might happen. The Jets might be a little bit better than you think. The rust on Zach Wilson, keep wanting to call him Owen Wilson, but the Zach on the BYU Cougar, even though he's a Cougar hunter, well, it wasn't to be as he was harassed a little bit, especially in the first half by the Pittsburgh Steelers, but came together in the second half, which was a tale of two halves. Because you look at this game, the offense of the Pittsburgh Steelers was inept again in the first half of play. They did come together with six points. A lot of that was because of the Jets gave them an extra three at the very end because of a roughness penalty on Carl Lawson on a hit on Mitch Trubisky, which took away one of the interceptions that he would have thrown. He ended up only throwing one interception. But 
that interception was on a tip ball, which actually is a theme in this game. But because of the defense, because of Cam Sutton getting an interception, because of my man Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick getting an interception, the Steelers were able to keep the green blood from a flowing and went ahead and were able to stay in that game 10 to 6 at halftime, a game that they were absolutely outplayed when it comes to offensive play. Just they were terrible in offense. Mike Tomlin, he heard the chance. Now, look, I know he's not listening to the fans. I know he's going to pretend to not hear those chants. And I know that he already knew that if Mitch had a bad game, that he was going to make that move. But I still throw that out. The chants were flowing. Mike Tomlin decided it was time and went to Kenny Pickett. What was the difference in the tale of two halves? It's simple. The Steelers did not have the defense in the second half that they had in the first half. If they had just an assemblance of that defense, they go ahead and win that game. The defense let them down in the second half just as much as the offense let them down in the first half. But bad. Kenny Pickett, he came in. He was supposed to be the savior in that. He didn't do it. He threw a couple interceptions. Yes, he did. He threw three interceptions. Now, just like with Mitch Trubisky having one wiped away, you could kind of, it does, you don't wipe it away on the stat sheet, but you got to say, when you throw a Hail Mary at the end of the game, you kind of erase that from your mind. But yes, he did throw two interceptions. They were on tip balls as well. You can point fig fingers anywhere you want. If Mitch Trubisky throws those interceptions, in the second half, we're all over Mitch. But yeah, we're not all over Kenny because of the growing pains. Kenny, man, Kenny took ownership. He said, look, I should have thrown that one higher to Pat Fryermuth. Should have thrown it out of bounds. I wanted to throw it higher. It didn't go higher. The guy did not take first team reps this week. But what did he do? He came in, got a chance to play, and the offense was a little more electrified. Did Kenny Pickett lose that game? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He threw two interceptions. You cannot deny that. But here's what I want to talk about here. I want to talk about the fact that Kenny Pickett, you can't go back from him now. You've made that move. Mike Tomlin is non-committal. At least he was after that game. Had a little bit of a debate on this with Jeff Hartman on the post-game show. And Jeff is usually always right, and I have no problem saying that. But I told Jeff, I think you're wrong here. Because Mike Tomlin doesn't have time from going off of the field, talking to his team in the locker room, and going to that press conference to talk to people. He didn't have time, like Dave Schofield said, to tell Mitch that he's done for a little while. I would be shocked if Mike Tomlin goes back to Mitch Trubisky next week against the Buffalo Bills. But then 
I don't know if I would be shocked because maybe he's not ready to throw his young quarterback to the Wolves. Now, this is the interesting thing. Everybody is now calling after one half of play. They're calling for the Steelers to draft a quarterback. Now, not everybody, but there was some knee-jerk reactions <laughs> in the live chat. So, yes, not everybody, but there were people calling for it. It was like, well, can experiment didn't work. What? You got to give this guy at least time. You know, Ben Roethlisberger came in relief of Tommy Maddox, who was, he wasn't inept. Well, he had a bad game, but he was hurt. Ray Lewis really knocked this guy to the ground. And so Ben Roethlisberger comes in. On his second pass, throws an interception. He threw another one in that game. And everybody's like, oh, the, the prize rookie is, he might not be ready to go. Alan Fanick is in the locker room saying, yeah, we got to trust this to a rookie. I, I'm not excited about it. No, don't ask me if I'm excited about it. So that's kind of what you look at here. The difference is the team is excited for Kenny Pickett. The team is excited because they know what he brings. He brings this electricity. Did he have a bad game yesterday? I don't even know if he had a bad game. He had a game in which he was thrust into it and didn't do what he could to win the game, even though he tried. Also didn't have help from his receivers. When you hit receivers two receivers two interceptions on the hands well there's some excuses just like i'm going to make an excuse for mitch trubisky when he throws that ball in the first half to deontay johnson over the middle i think it's the second drive and it pops up in there and it gets intercepted deontay johnson has to catch that ball chase claypool can't be dominated by a smaller defensive back. He's got to high point the ball, and he doesn't do it. Pat Fryermuth, who I usually don't have criticism for, he didn't come down with that ball either. But Kenny says, hey, I should have thrown it higher. People are blaming Jalen Warren as well on the pitch. Kenny said, no, that pitch was my fault. I've, I've got to look at the film and get better. At least he's willing to get better. He's saying the right things, I know. But I know a lot of you, kind of like me, you're kind of snake bitten by all of the uh, saying what we need to hear. The big thing is seeing what he can do with it. That's going to be the exciting thing. So I can't wait to see what Kenny Pickett does with it. Now, you've got a tough test against Buffalo next week. Is he going to be in there? Yeah, come on, I, I really think that he's going to. But once again, I don't think Mike Tomlin is going to fire a guy in a press conference. I think he's going to go ahead and do it. And sit. He's going to elevate and he's going to sit down quarterbacks based on what he sees and not make a knee-jerk reaction. Because you know what? We in the media, 
I don't even consider myself in the media. But the media is going to go ahead and say, hey, you said it was going to be Kenny Pickett. You said you were making the change. Now you changed your mind. Are you a waffler, Mike? No, I mean, he's not going to do that. He's going to take his time on that. The one question that was raised on the post-game show, and Dave Schofield brought this up, and I agreed with him, what coaching errors did you see in that game? I don't know if I saw many coaching errors. Everybody wants to blame Tomlin. Everyone wants to blame everything. There wasn't much blaming Canada yesterday. And I wasn't blaming Canada yesterday. I was blaming Mitch for the play, for how he was playing. I was blaming the receivers. And a part of me was blaming Kenny Pickett too. But for anybody to suggest that that was a coaching gaffe yesterday, I think that's hard to do. That's just falling back on an old standby because you want to fall back on that. You could call for the coach's heads all you want. And there's times on this show when I'm a little bit back and forth. And I've been told that I make apologies for Mike Tomlin. I just think ultimately it's the scheme. And Mike Tomlin has a chance to overrule assistant coaches. So if I'm going to give him any blame, I'll I'll blame him for that. But yesterday wasn't the scheme. Yesterday, it was the players. It was the players on defense. If you're going to say, hey, they got fatigued, they left the middle open. If you're going to call the scheme, if you're going to blame any coaches, you're going to blame Terrell Austin yesterday. You're going to blame defense. But I still think it was the players. They let him off the hook yesterday. And we know, we know how bad that they miss TJ Watt. And hopefully he gets to come back and play because he might re-elevate that defense. But to suggest, I'm going to go back to this, something I was talking about earlier, to suggest that Kenny Pickett is not the guy when he really lit fire to a team yesterday. They were down 10 to 6. Next thing you know, they're up 20 to 10. That's a huge swing with a chance to win that game. When you have three minutes and 41 seconds left in a game, and you turn it over to the defense, you expect to get it back. You don't expect to lose that game with nine seconds to go. So are we that quick on the trigger these days? Are we that instant gratification that two quarters of play from Kenny Pickett, and we're saying he's not the guy when we've been calling for him? We've been chanting his name? The Kenny chants were going on in my living room? They were going on in the stadium. And this was even after he was out there. Because they saw what he can do. 
He had two rushing touchdowns. I know you want passing touchdowns out of the guy. He fell back on his old standby. He knew he could run. You're not going to get away with that too much longer. But you'll get away with it in spots. If he has a full week to prepare for Buffalo, then maybe he gets something done next week if he's in there and if he plays. But the Kenny Pickett era has begun. But you cannot expect what happened in 2004 to happen in 2022. Because it's a different situation altogether. There's a different supporting cast. So don't talk about bringing in a quarterback in a quarterback-heavy draft next year when you just invested on one this year. If anything, Kenny Pickett will need help. Whoever's quarterback needs help. Mitch Trubisky would have done better with a stud offensive lineman this year. Kenny Pickett will do better if he gets a stud offensive lineman next year. They'd also do better if you had a stud defensive lineman, if you had a cornerback. Cornerbacks are decent on this team, but I think they're going to go for a stud in the defensive backfield somewhere. At least they're going to try. And also the middle of the field. A lot of people were worried about the middle of the field. One more thing I wanted to bring up. A guy that a lot of people think he's just ho-hum. You see a difference when Terrell Edmonds is not out there. He's in the concussion protocol. He went out on what looked like a nasty hit. Collision, actually. And he goes out, and they can't control the middle of the field either. That was the last couple drives without Terrell Edmonds made a huge difference. Hey, we are going to talk about where the Steelers went right, where the Steelers went wrong in our eyes. Yeah, the predictions. It's the accountability factor. And it's next on Bad Language. So stick around to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. All right, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we are back. It is time once again for the second half. Yes, it's the second half of bad language and lots of bad language being spewed in the first half as the Steelers once again lose 24 to 20 at Acrisure Stadium yesterday in week four to fall to one and three. New York Jets, the culprits this time around. Man, I tell you what. It sucks, but we've seen this movie before. We've seen the Steelers rebound from one and three. I'd like to bring up 2002 when the Steelers were one and three, but they actually made the playoffs that year at 10, five and one, I believe was their record. 
under another number eight that came in for a number 10. Very interesting. That time around, it was Cordell Stewart exiting and coming in for him was Tommy Maddox wearing number eight. So a number 10 has exited. That is Mitch Trubisky. Well, that's what we think. We don't know for sure. The decision has not been officially made. And I'm using air quotes. I'm I'm expecting the Steelers to turn the reins over to Kenny Pickett and see what happens. But you never know, especially with the three interceptions yesterday. I kind of think it's the Kenny Pickett era now. But number eight, as far as I'm concerned, is probably in there. But that's why you listen to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. That's why you listen to the family of podcast. That's why you check them out on social media and you go to the website and read all of the articles because that's where the breaking news hits first. So definitely check it out. Speaking of the website, we do our predictions every single week. And this week, just like always, we did the predictions and most everybody had the Steelers winning this week. One person didn't just because he's 0-3 on picks. Now, his score was absolutely outrageous, but we like to be accountable here, and we like to go ahead and point out which staff member here at BTSC or podcaster or writer, whatever you want to call him, had the best week. So the only person picking the Jets, so the winner of the week, even though the score of 47 to four was absolutely ridiculous and outrageous. KT, my partner on here we go. The Steelers pregame show, Kevin Thatcher Smith gets the win this week. Now we had scores like 23, 17, 27, 26. That was mine. 24 to 13, 31 to 20, 27, 17, a 24 to 20. I got to give props to Jeremy Betts for getting the score, right? But, He mixed it up with the teams. He had the Steelers winning 24-20. We had a 24-17, a 13-10, and Tony Defio with a 17-13. So a lot of people saw it being about a four-point game. KT was the only one that correctly had it with the Steelers losing to the Jets. Now, the largest margin of being wrong that's going to go to the Schofield brothers. Dave had it being a 14 point difference with the Steelers winning 27 to 13 and big bro 31 to 20 had the Steelers winning. Nobody had the jets scoring 24 points. The closest anybody had to the jets scoring 24 was me. I had the jets scoring 26, but losing the Steelers 27 to 26. So there you have it. The winner of the week, KT Smith, Dave, and the big bro, the most wrong, but we were all wrong. Except for KT. We all had them winning this week. Eh. We'll see what happens next week against the Bills. I think there's going to be some fluctuation. There's still going to be some Steeler picks. And then there's going to be those Bills picks. So I'm anxious to see it next week. Let's go ahead and take a look at the over-under that you hear on the preview. Now, Jeff Hartman is leading the over-under. We do about six every week, and then you throw in the spread as well. So there's seven every single week. 
we're going to go ahead and take a look at team rushing yards first. But before we do that, let's go ahead and go to the standings. Jeff Hartman leads with 12. Dave Schofield in second with 11. And I'm bringing up the rear with nine. Yeah, not doing too well. Needed a good week this week. We'll see how I did. Team rushing yards, 92 and a half. That's for the Steelers. All three of us took the over. All three of us expected the Steelers to, for the first time, rush that well. And we were right. Steelers had a great day rushing. Not a great day. They had a good day rushing. 119 yards. So all three of us taking the over. All three of us get a point. Jets rushing yards. This is a great one. Jeff put the line at 97 and a half. Jeff should work in Vegas. I will say this because he has got gotten them right on before. Like last week, he got them right on. So Jets rushing yards, 97 and a half. I took the over. Jeff took the over. Dave took the under. Who gets the points? Bad and Jeff. Why? 98. The Jets had 98 yards rushing. And he had the line at 97 and a half. That's, that's absolutely phenomenal. And the funny thing about it is you're not going to see on the stat sheet a half when it comes to rushing. Not sacks. So he was basically right there. Depends which way that half was going. And he got it. George Pickens with yards, 56 and a half. I took the over. Dave took the under. Jeff took the over, thinking that George Pickens was going to have a great week. He almost doubled that line of Jeff's with 102 yards, 102 for the big guy, George Pickens. And he came up even more with Kenny Pickett in the game. So, George Pickens emerged in that game, even though he was slowly emerging before, especially with that spectacular catch with him getting the targets that he got, man, George Pickens is going to be a superstar in Pittsburgh. It's finally happening. It just took game four for him to get his first 100 yard game, but he's getting the targets. Speaking of targets, what did I say? Who won that? Once again, I took the over, Jeff took the over, Dave took the under, so points for us, and Dave got shut out in that one, so it's now three to three to one, with Dave having the one. Pat Fryermuth targets, eight and a half is where the line was. I took under, Dave took the over, Jeff took the over, (laughs) over by half. Nine. Man, this guy sets the lines, I'm telling you. So Dave and Jeff get the point there. Sacks, three and a half. Steelers only got one. And I made the prediction that the Steelers would be under while Dave and Jeff had the over. And the reason I did, everybody talks about when the opponents have injuries on the offensive line, the Steelers are expected to run wild. And it seems like they don't. 
Seems like that does not happen. It happened last week with the Browns. You know, when they have, everybody expects the Steelers to run wild on these teams that have injuries on the line. Patriots were supposed to have rough time on the line too. Well, I get the point because I took the under. They only get that one Alex Highsmith sack. No three and a half for the Steelers. Total first half points, 24 and a half. Yeah, I mean, we told Jeff that he really got the line wrong on that one. It ended up being 16. We all took the under. We all got a point there. And the spread, Dave and Jeff both took the Jets to not cover. They had the Steelers covering. 27 to 13 was Dave's score. Jeff's score, 23 17. The line was about three and a half when we were going ahead making those picks. I took 27 26, so I had the Jets covering. So I get the point there. So tied for the week, Jeff and Bad with six, Dave with three. So let's go ahead and look at the new standings. Jeff still has his three point lead, but it's to a different guy. Jeff with 18, Bad with 15. Yes, I got into second place. And Dave with 14. And I guarantee you Dave is going to go ahead and go and check the numbers, go through the shows. He's going to take time out of his precious schedule to make sure that he's right. And his his time is valuable. He does so much around here. But he's going to go ahead and make sure that there wasn't a mistake there. But I had the firm of Price Waterhouse go ahead and help me with those picks and with those numbers. So, Dave, I think I'm I'm right there. But there's a lot of places where I'm wrong, and that's where bold and bizarre predictions come in. And this is my fun article that I do on Sundays. I I mix fantasy with reality. I just I figure it's right before the game. This is kind of a throwaway, it's not a throwaway article for me cuz I I spend a lot of time on it. But it's one where I'm just making my predictions for the Steelers for the game. But I throw in some fun stuff that absolutely is never going to happen. But you don't know. So the first prediction, Art Rooney 2, proving that he is a man of the black and gold people, challenges the Jets CEO, Christopher Johnson, to the level up challenge on TikTok. You know the one. Dr. Everything's going to be all right. No, no, not Prince. No, go away, Prince. It's the one where you set up a pile of toilet paper on the floor and see how high you can get your pet to jump over them. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs had a game last night in Tampa on the road, but that's only a two-hour flight. So guess what? Bougie Smith-Schuster came in to help out R2. He made the trip back to the Berg and won it for R2. We don't know for a fact whether that happened or not. I'm going to kind of think that it did, though. Mitch Trubisky, you know, he's known for his chugging ability. He attempted to down an entire bottle of Mrs. Butterworth syrup. A change of jersey and an underwear change was also necessary. Uh, my, My sources in the locker room say that that did not happen. But they say that I was partially correct because my next prediction was Mason Rudolph makes waves as local tabloids leak his new relationship 
with Trubisky's discarded empty syrup container shaped like a woman. It appears that Mason and Mrs. Butterworth are now dating. Let's get a little more serious here. Trubisky going 11 for 25, 122 yards. Steelers quarterback throws one touchdown and is intercepted once, making way for Kenny Pickett. Well, the numbers were off, but he did make way for Kenny Pickett. Mitch was actually 7 for 13, 84 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. So partially right, but I'm not going to give myself credit for that one. It was a little off. I will say that Kenny Pickett did make the appearance, so I'll take partially right. Pickett, 8 for 11, throws his first TD pass to Deontay Johnson and leads the Steelers down the field for the Chris Boswell game winner. No, I'm wrong. I was close. He did not have his first touchdown pass. Wasn't a Deontay Johnson. He had two touchdown runs, which I didn't come close to. The only place I was close was Pickett, instead of being 8 for 11, was 10 for 13 with 120 yards. So if I would have given Pickett Mitch's 122 yards, I would have been so much closer. But I was off by two, two completions. 8 for 11, he was actually 10 for 13. Here's where I was partially right again. Pat Fryermuth leads the team with five catches on the evening, including Mitch's only touchdown pass on the day to celebrate number 88 and his fellow tight ends, Zach Gentry and Connor Hayward jump on horses in tribute to the 24th death anniversary of American cowboy singer, songwriter, actor, musician, and former part owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Gene Autry, to the sounds of back in the saddle again. Did not happen, but Pat did lead the team with catches. It was not George Pickens. George Pickens had six. Pickett led with seven catches. Excuse me. Framuth led with seven catches on the day. I had him with getting five, but still leading the team, so harshly. Jalen Warren gets his first NFL score. Nope, did not happen. He looks like he's going to get one soon, though. We'll definitely say that. Najee Harris gained 62 yards on the ground and 25 as a receiver out of the backfield as the offensive line continues their improvement. Najee, he gained 74 yards. I was off by 12. I'm usually closer than that with Najee. But he keeps on improving every week, so that's that's a great deal. Offensive line continued their improvement with the run blocking. So looking good there. No receptions though. So no receiving yards. Minka Fitzpatrick and Levi Wallace pick off Zach Wilson. I was going to have Minka and Cam Sutton, but I did that last week. So I replaced him with Levi Wallace. It was Cam Sutton. I would have been absolutely correct, but I'm taking credit for Minka. I got that Minka one. The Steelers get two sacks despite the absence of T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, and Alex Highsmith. Excuse me. Despite the absence of T.J. Watt and Hayward and Alex Highsmith get it done. Actually, they almost combined on a sack, but Highsmith was the only one to get the sack. They only got one on the day. 
partially right. Even with the switch to Montrevious Adams, the Steelers' rushing defense cannot keep the duo of Brees Hall and Michael Carter from running wild, surrendering over 100 yards on the ground. Well, they surrendered 98. Brees Hall had a good game. Brees Hall had the final touchdown. Michael Carter was decent. But I was wrong. They did not surrender over 100 yards. 98, so I was really close, but I'm wrong. Here's where I was close again, but I got the score wrong. Steelers get three touchdowns on the day and two field goals from Chris Boswell, including the game winner, with less than two minutes remaining. However, Minka's interception thwarts the Jets' late rally. Steelers triumph 27-26. Minka had an interception, but it wasn't late in the game. It was in the second half, but not late. The Steelers triumph. I'm wrong. It was close on the score, 24-20, Yeah, um, I, I can't take credit for that. Steelers did get three touchdowns on the day. No, they did not. They got two, and they were both from one Kenneth Shane Pickett. There you have it. Bold and bizarre predictions. Don't go to Vegas with me on your mind because you're going to lose your house. You don't want to do that. This has been Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope it made you feel better after what was a debacle in Deberg. It's Bad Language. I'm bad. And I ain't apologizing for nothing.